You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Christy Johnson. She's the COO of Ocean Programs. Christy, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Hey, Zach. It's good to see you again. Totally. You've been on before. Things have changed since last time you had you on. I know. Well, that was a very long time ago in yeah. the time warp of the last three three years. I yeah. actually, this probably was three years ago that we talked. Okay. Okay, cool. So can you tell us a little bit about ocean programs and why do you guys exist? What do you guys do? Yeah. Um, I would love to tell you about ocean. So ocean is a nonprofit, um, that trains entrepreneurs and we do that with an, in a couple of different ways, but our mission is to help entrepreneurs who are dreaming of starting new businesses or who have just started a new business get like the practical business skills that they need um, and integrate that with biblical wisdom and get connected to a community of other entrepreneurs. Um, And we do this because entrepreneurs are really, really influential in culture. Um, Mm. They create new things they create new products um whether that's like a really great coffee blend or um a new tech platform you know all Mm -hmm. of these tech platforms that are ubiquitous to our daily lives right now at one point were ideas in an entrepreneur's head um so they create like they create things and those things that they create have all these ripple effects in the lives of that entrepreneur themselves in the lives of their families and their employees and their customers and ultimately in their communities, cities and culture. Um, So we want to help entrepreneurs in their very earliest days um, get those practical skills that they need, right? Like there are some like technical things you need to understand about business. Mm-hmm. Um, we want them to be able to integrate that with biblical wisdom and especially with, um, for Christian founders with their faith, we want mm-hmm. them to integrate that from day one, um, and integrate rhythms that help them be a healthy human in other aspects of their lives. Um, so we want to help entrepreneurs understand and be set up well to have healthy relationships you know, with their nuclear family, with their friends, with their um, church community, with their neighbors. We want them to be set up well, to have healthy rhythms for their physical health, you know, like sleeping and Mm -hmm. well and uh, exercising. And it's not to say like, we don't have exercise plans, but (laughs) but, um, that's an interesting thought now that I say that out loud, but what we have. Yeah, there you go. What we want to do is help entrepreneurs at their earliest days say like, listen, what you're about to do is like really, really exciting and it's going to get really, really hard, really Mm. fast. So we want you to be equipped for, for the long haul. And we want you to be um, intentional about the impact that you're going to have if Mm. you succeed. Um, And we, our organization is, um, led by people of faith um, and we're started by people of faith and we're Christians, um, but we don't exclusively serve Christians. So it's really, really fun to help entrepreneurs who come from other um, spiritual backgrounds, um, some from other religious heritages and some who might not identify as being particularly religious or spiritual, but they're like, "Um, my kids won't talk to me. You know, mm. uh, it seems like you guys can help me with that. And we're like, yeah. we would love to help you with that. Um, mm. So so that's like our heartbeat is for like the the integrated life of the founder from day one so that their cultural influence 
can be really um, life-giving and generative and okay. good. Um, so it's a it's both like a really um, immediate mission, um, but then has a really really long tail end. Yeah, well, it sounds that that's cool that you guys. It, it seems like that would be a cool opportunity to teach and train and and show some of those biblical principles to people who might not have a Christian faith and the opportunities Mm -hmm. that would present themselves for you guys to share that and see the impact on someone's life when they implement some of those biblical principles into their, whether it's their business life or otherwise, or it seems like it could be cool opportunity to build relationship and, and stuff for disciple making opportunities. Yeah. It's a incredible, um, like, moment in someone's life to be with them and to um, have a a very tangible, practical, like immediate point of connection Mm -hmm. where our team and even other, other entrepreneurs in our programs show up and our volunteer facilitators can be in those moments with people who are not Christians and have like genuine community and relationship with them and yeah. also genuinely understand the challenges that that entrepreneur is facing. Um, yeah. And that wins a lot of, I think, respect and a lot of um, authentic relationship, which opens a lot of doors to, um, to have conversations, uh, spiritual conversations, you know? Mm. That's cool. Now you've mentioned a couple of times <clears throat> being there for people at the foundation of an idea or a company. Is this, is ocean for like startups and people who are just getting started or someone like me, who's been running my own business for a decade and still feel like sometimes I'm faking it as I mm-hmm. make it kind of thing. It, yeah. Is this something that would be a benefit to someone like me as well? Yeah. So we have three core training programs that serve different groups of entrepreneurs. Um, Our two most established training programs, one is a high-tech accelerator, which is similar to a Techstars or a Y Combinator, kind of like the banner brands um, Mm -hmm. that you could compare that to. And that's for very early stage business formation, venture-backable, high-growth companies. So that is, yeah, for the earliest stages. Our second program is called Genesis Entrepreneurship Training, and that serves people at, I would say, like three different critical inflection points. The first place in someone's entrepreneurial journey where that's really helpful is when they're betting an idea to see if they can build a business around it. Um, So it it really at the end of that nine week training program, entrepreneurs have like a right sized business plan, understanding their customer segments and basic financials associated with like their products or their services and things like that. Um, So it helps people who are vetting an idea. It helps people who are in that like first six month phase, I would say where they've like flipped open the sign on the front door to say open and then realize like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is really, really common. Um, so right. it helps people there. And then it also helps folks who are more established, but they want like a refresher on some of the fundamentals. Like they want to go back to, back to the basics. I'm like, what is my mission and vision? Who is my target customer? And oftentimes those more established entrepreneurs come to Genesis specifically when they're launching maybe a new product or a new kind of business unit, and they want to like reevaluate how that works. Um, okay. So that's High Tech Accelerator and Genesis, which are mostly early stage and kind of in that business formation stage. Our third um, program is Masterminds. So we run uh, mastermind groups for more established entrepreneurs who are, like you just said, Zach, you're 10 years in. It's like, like the business is making it. It's fine. Um mm. And at the same time, it would be great to be part of um, a small group of other founders where I can get 
those three key things that Ocean delivers in everything we do. It's like very practical business, um, very, very practical, hands-on. Like we're not talking about ideologies or philosophies. We're talking about like P&Ls and mm. projections and customer personas and um, financing and things like that. So the mastermind helps business leaders and entrepreneurs who are in market um, through group coaching. We, we run an in-person version and we run virtual groups too. So it's like practical business specifically for the, these established entrepreneurs that integrates okay. again, like timeless biblical wisdom and then is community-based. So all of our programs happen in the context of cohorts because okay. we believe that um, growth happens in the context of community and entrepreneurship is inherently lonely. And so we always want to be connecting entrepreneurs to each other. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> those three, those three are our big like ways um, we help entrepreneurs. Yeah. Now, most of my audience is ministry leaders, ministry executives, ministry marketing directors. Is Are any of these things something that someone like that could come through um, and, and learn some of the basic stuff that would help them in the ministry context, whether they're starting a local church or some type of parachurch organization, would that yeah. be some something that would help in that space? Yeah, we've had a, a number of nonprofit leaders um, participate in a Genesis entrepreneurship training cohort when they um, are at that kind of formation stage again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's actually really helpful. So my background is nonprofit management. Um, and I think it's helpful for those of us whose backgrounds are in ministry to be exposed to some of the business, just really practical skills that a yeah. lot of us didn't get if we went to Bible college or seminary or things like that. Right. Um, and so for nonprofit leaders, um, the training is helpful because they kind of like have to think through those things of like, oh yeah, I am going to need to fund this thing somehow. Mm -hmm. Now maybe my revenue won't be in sales, um, but I do need to know still how much do I need to make in donations to be able to right. like deliver whatever program to my beneficiaries and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we do have nonprofit leaders use that training for their initiatives. We also, in a fun little like twist, have um, partnered with churches and nonprofits to say um, they end up using our training in their community. Mm. So as part of their uh, a number of churches have, um, you know, marketplace ministries or they have outreach um, or employment initiatives and things like that. So we've had churches use our Genesis entrepreneurship training to help entrepreneurs from their congregation or from their community get started. Mm. And the church like under has underwritten the cost of that training for entrepreneurs. Um, oh, cool. So that's kind of a fun way that, um, is probably the primary way that Ocean has engaged with ministries over the last couple of years. Okay. Similar to what like a like Dave Ramsey type model would, would totally. work with churches. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. That's awesome. So as you said at the beginning, you've been with Ocean for about three years. <clears throat> as you've been with the company or the organization, what are some of the unique challenges and struggles you guys have come across? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one thing that's hard for us, especially just thinking around like the nonprofit marketing and um, fundraising, is that our like our cause, our cause concept. If we adopt like fundraising language here, like our cause mm -hmm. concept is very upstream. Mm. Like it is not a felt need. Um, we're not directly feeding children or providing housing or um, we're not, um, e we're not an uh, evangelism organization. We're like, right. Our cause is a little bit niche. 
mm-hmm. I think. Um, and so that is, is tricky for us um, on a philanthropy end. So we have spent just a lot of time thinking through how do we talk about our impact in the mm. lives of an individual entrepreneur in a way that is honest about the things that entrepreneur is facing, but also recognizing the challenges of like, this isn't like an in your face at risk group of people that need like right. immediate help, you know? Um, Cause you but, guys, you guys function under a 501 C three model, correct? Yeah, we are. We're, we're a 501 C three and we earn about 30% of our revenue, but we raise the other 70% through okay. donations. Interesting. Yeah. So <clears throat> if I'm a donor partner, and I'm saying, man, I can give to this child sponsorship organization and see some type of immediate need uh, need right. met or give to Ocean. It, you know, it could be a decade. It could be 15 years before any of your businesses that you guys have supported or trained uh, end up being successful to the point where they are having impact in their communities, right? So that that right. Uh, what you talked about being upstream, that's that's a different in marketing terms, it's a different sell to a donor. Very much so. And it's um, something that resonates really quickly with people who have been there. Right. Um, but takes a, a lot of like logic s- steps um, mm-hmm. for somebody who might be used to thinking more um, just differently about their yeah. And I, I would say the other thing that's tricky for us being in the business space specifically is that um, a lot of folks that we meet and we, you know, get to the point of saying like, we'd be so grateful if you'd consider being a philanthropic partner with us in this mission. And they'd be like, well, you know, I did it and it was hard. Why shouldn't it be hard for everyone else? <laughs> Like what? Like kind of that like shark. It's part of the hustle. <laughs> exactly where we're like, well, we might not be aligned. Here. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you have that like competitive mindset for most entrepreneurs. It's like, well, if you can't win, figure out how to win, then you don't deserve to be in business. Type mindset. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like I have literally heard that from people, and <laughs> what I always ask them is like, well, take me back to those first few years. What difference would it have made in your life if you had a community of people who were checking Mm. on you, who helped you get connected with the right mentors or who knew that your, you know, your parents weren't talking to you yeah, who knew what it was like to have to make your first hire and make your first Mm. fire. What difference would that have made in your life? If you hadn't been doing those things alone and they're, and then usually they're like, well, you know, (laughs) like, okay, (laughs) I mean, you're going to do what you're going to do, but, um, it is an interesting kind of dichotomy that, that we oftentimes get put in Mm. Um, and that's fine. I think that's fine. I think the other challenge that I know a lot of nonprofit (laughs) specifically face is just like the bifurcation of your audience um, by the very nature of being a nonprofit mm. is like, because you, um, for a lot of nonprofits, I should say, you're trying to market like your services to mm-hmm. your beneficiaries. And then you're also trying to market like your ministry and your mission to your donors. Right. Um, and so I think it can create some pretty complex messaging and um require just a lot of intentionality on that um and i i think also like some tough just decisions on channels and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so like we've um intentionally decided that our social channels are entrepreneur facing Mm. all of our um linkedin instagram twitter we're not like super active on facebook but everything we put out there is for entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, And so it looks like, man, we've got all this great stuff going on. We don't need anything. 
because we don't message on those channels, like, yeah, we need financial support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once it's possible, you know, and every now and then we do try to like, um, you know, cross penetrate those audiences, but it can be a little bit, um, a little bit of a sacrifice, I think, if you decide mm-hmm. to go all in on one audience with your channels and um, you, you're you either sacrificing clarity or you're sacrificing like reach. Right. Um, Interesting. As a nonprofit, I think, in, in mm-hmm. my experience. So we do most yeah. of our donor communication by email. Okay. And direct mail. Gotcha. Yeah, we we have a similar struggle. I think about um, like Christian pregnancy centers. That's that we have worked with in the past and have talked with. Like that's the that's the biggest one that we run into. It's like how do you communicate to a donor, but also communicate to somebody who's, you know, considering abortion or does you know is dealing with an unplanned pregnancy. Those are very two different audiences like the gap is so big (laughs) so yeah yeah, that's a challenge yeah so i think think it's great experience though for yeah for i always say to our interns um if you i would recommend starting your career in a nonprofit, especially if you want to have like really generalist skills in marketing because Mm -hmm. you will get to um just really like stretch and face like some of these complexities that you wouldn't have if you're like, Oh, I'm a marketing associate for Pepsi, you know? Right. And it's like, well, we know what we sell and chances you know are, you're too. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you're, you have like a really specific skill that you specialize in and you know, yeah, like that's one thing, but I think it's fun to, to have to deal with some of that stuff um, that you, have the opportunity to get your hands on in a nonprofit that you wouldn't, you know, in a more established. Yeah. Do you find that um, faith-based entrepreneurs tend to be those, the ones that end up being your biggest partners or donors? Yes. That understand what you're doing, like from the get-go, there's, that doesn't take much explanation or education around what you guys do or how it works to see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's a great um, community of organizations and leaders and people who are kind of rallying around this faith driven entrepreneurship cause. Mm-hmm. Um, and that community, I would say is really largely led by entrepreneurs yeah. who may have started their, their business, you know, 40 years ago, but they mm. have kind of stayed fresh in that, um, in that mindset and connected with other entrepreneurs and their mentoring folks. And they're seeing like this community can have a really great impact. Um, and so that, that kind of faith driven entrepreneurship community is, uh, is a great, um, space for us to partner mm. with folks other organizations and then also donors. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to shift a little bit and talk, you, you talked about like the cause, the purpose is a significantly upstream for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're considering that end goal or that purpose behind training entrepreneurs, let's dive into that a little bit deeper. Like mm-hmm. how do you, how do you think through all of that? What is what goes into that? How do you, how do you ensure that because it is so far upstream, like there's mm-hmm. years potentially between someone being trained and having actual impact? Uh, how do you ensure that you're staying on track over the course of that long period of time? Let's talk about that a little bit. A couple of things come to mind. Um, I think one of the things. So we spend a lot of time on our impact measurements um, and are at the beginning of 2023 kind of refreshing our whole impact framework. Um, So we say that we help healthy founders build strong businesses so they can contribute to flourishing communities. So in each of those three deliverables, we measure 
how we're doing every year with um, within our whole community, not just people who have been in our formal um, training programs, but people who have come to an event or volunteer with us. Like we consider their um, activity to be part of our mission too. Um, so we do that um, annual measuring. We also do um, before and after measurements of some of the same data in all of our programs. So we get a snapshot of before and we get a snapshot of after. And actually we do a midpoint check-in too. (laughs) So we're like super data-driven in terms of our impact. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, that data relates to like relational health of the founders, spiritual aliveness and engagement of the founders, as well as their kind of business metrics. Like, are they still operational? What's their annual revenue? Have they created jobs? Um, And then even another layer out into how are they thinking about their impact in the community? Do they have plans for employee engagement? Do they have like, um, did they donate as a company? Are they, um, you know, involved in sustainability efforts and things like that? Um, So we have different um, data points on all three of the uh, three of those like categories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what we do is with our financial partners, donors specifically, um, I mean, we have a few granting partners and things like that, but specifically with our like individual donors, what we try to do is really mix that data impact, um, from the before to after the program. Mm-hmm. Um, along with the long-term outcomes that we have now after, um, eight years, you know, so we can say like, so-and-so, okay. So here's a fun one. Okay. A ma, uh, a woman, single mom, um, I think she has four kids was working three different jobs to make ends meet. And she had, uh, had a health issue personally, um, that made one of her part-time jobs, like just really taxing financially. And it was like a long commute. Um, so she was in our Genesis entrepreneurship training program and built a business plan for, um, the cosmetology services that she was doing as one of those three part-time jobs. Right. Okay. So she built the plan and she realized like, oh, if I get three more customers a week, I can quit that other job Mm. and have even more income for my family, spend more time at home, not be in this um, setting that's like physically stressful for for her health. Um, And so she she had like the information to be able to make that decision. And that is obviously good for her health, like physically, relationally with her family and being more available and around more. And also like that actual area was her area of passion. So she was living out like her unique gifts and her calling Mm -hmm. uh, because she had like the practical plan to be able to do that. So within the course of, you know, nine weeks, we can get to that point of impact, which is a great, um, a great story that, that I love to tell, um, and uh, resonates a lot with our partners to say like, yeah, I, I want to be a part of that. I can get behind that outcome. And now what we also need to do is stay in touch with her, you know, over the next two, three, four, five years mm-hmm. uh, so that we can contract that for the long haul. And, um, it's a, it's, it's hard. I'm, I know every nonprofit leader I know struggles with this is like, how do, how do we get meaningful tracking on our impact? Right. Um, yeah. So that's always a challenge for us too. Hmm. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Well, imagine trying to go back to your question, Zach, and think people can actually answer it. So we think about, yeah, like healthy founders, strong businesses, flourishing communities. Um, and we try to communicate what we're measuring like data wise. And then also those, those stories as we have them, our 
program manager does a really great job of debriefing every single cohort and double checking with folks. Like if we have permission to share their story with our donors yeah. or on public channels and things like that. Um, Interesting. So. Well, I imagine it, it, it's maybe a little bit easier to track some of that initial impact versus some of the longer term stuff. Like her, her immediate situation obviously was drastically changed. Now, whether or not that business is successful five, 10 years from now and what that impact has on her life, you know, Mm -hmm. tracking that and, and I don't know if that would be, imagine that's just one of the many struggles and challenges that you guys face. It is a lot of work goes into getting those responses. <laughs> um, but one of the things I'm excited about adding kind of to our uh, our impact framework and mindset is that we're actually going to start doing quarterly and hopefully my plan is to get to monthly pulse check-ins with our community mm-hmm. where we're doing really quick, like 10 question, like, how are you doing? Um, so that we can have like really um, regular connection with our community and be responsive to that and say like, this is how everyone's doing. So here are the next three webinars that we're going to actually host based on what we heard from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're seeing in this data is like, man, I don't know. Everyone's struggling with marketing right now. Cool. We've got these three marketing webinars coming up or, um, yeah, like that, that's a super practical example, but my belief and hypothesis is that when we get into the rhythm of that very regular check-in that it is very relational and very authentic. Um, and we are able to be very responsive and transparent as people participate in those pulse check-ins that the annual kind of like bigger 15 minute survey will be much less of a grind and a stretch um, because yeah. like, it will just be kind of part of being a part of the ocean community. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, con- a greater consistency in, in the touch point of community that people have to ocean and, and the relationships that they've built inside of that community, mm-hmm. the more you're consistent with that, the more they're going to be taught. You're going to be top of mind. It's like, Oh, Hey, yeah, that was helpful. That's been helpful in the past. I want to continue to invest and be a part of this community. Yeah. That's cool. Well, it's man, it's, you guys have your, at least your desire and the efforts that you're putting forth to, track that impact um as difficult as it may be i think that it's a good example um of how i think a lot of ministry should be functioning right like we i don't think we do a good enough job in just the ministry sector as a whole of tracking what kind of impact we're having there's obviously a lot of great examples of it being done really well but Mm -hmm. um that's cool i'm sure there's a lot that ministries can learn from, from what you guys are doing and, and at least the desire that you have to make sure that you are doing your best to track those things. Yeah. I mean, and I think, um, well, and on the flip side, I say that and I also don't think that there's enough space given in the ministry sector to be innovative and try things Mm -hmm. that, don't have impact like we're not we're not given a lot of leeway in saying hey we're gonna dump a bunch of money and time and investment into some new endeavor to go see if it works or not and we could crash and burn and fail miserably and that's okay like i don't think that there's enough enough space given in that um, enough effort given in that space either so kind of a give and take type situation huh yeah, I think, you know, that's a good that's a good point. And I think that's where it's really, really helpful to have a framework for your impact, not just like a single KPI. Mm. Um, because then you can still have your like your mission and you know this this is ultimately what we are uh why we exist. 
as a ministry mm. um, and the outcomes that we are striving for and also like the 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 mission that we're stewarding but then within that framework okay so like so healthy founders for us right we um oh, i'm tempted to just like pull it up but i won't um, <laughs> you know so we ask questions a number of different questions that kind of aggregate into are we delivering on that outcome? Mm. And those questions aren't like, did you complete training? You know, right. like obviously we track our completion rate, but that's not like, the, that's not our impact. Right. Our impact is like, are you connected with people? Do you have, um, like, are your relationships satisfying? Do, um, my favorite question and our like guiding question actually like for all of our work is um, agreed. So it's on an agree to disagree scale from one to 10. I feel loved and supported regardless of the outcomes of my business. Mm. Zero to 10 by um, the people closest to me, by the ocean community and by God. Mm. And that's like our heart is like, we want to know, like, do you feel loved regardless of how successful your business is? Mm. Um, that one hits heavy for me. <laughs> it's so real, you know, yeah. so real. Um, and that's the impact we're going after. So if, if we have um, a KPI at that level, so much space to innovate underneath that. Right. Yeah. You know, and then it, and it transfers across our different programs and even outside of our programs, just into our community. Um, so I, th that's kind of like how I think the relationship between impact and innovation should work is that you need to have like a framework, not just a single static KPI mm. that all of your activity is driving towards. Yeah. Um, at least from the the type of organization that that we're in, I know, um, you know, I came from Crew, so that had a very like specific evangelistic KPI of like number right. of people who gave their life to Christ in an annual year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then underneath that, you know, we had other ones of like a lot of different things, um, and so I think that the most important thing on impact is like tracking it and tracking it at a framework level, not necessarily like a, a really specific output level of mm. like, we had 52 services on every Sunday of the week and this many people came, you know? A thousand people watched our YouTube stream. <clears throat> right. Which is yeah. like not an unimportant thing to look at but that I wouldn't call that impact. Mm. Yeah, I would not either. <laughs> well, hey, let's, uh, I want to take a moment to hear from today's sponsor, but when we come back, we will continue our discussion with Christy Johnson. Are you looking to grow your ministry, but don't have the money or marketing knowledge to make that happen? There's good news. Google offers an advertising grant to churches and ministries that is worth $10,000 per month. This means that if your ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit, you are eligible to receive $120,000 per year in free advertising dollars. This allows you to place ads at the top of Google search results pages and drive thousands of visitors to your ministry website every month. Our sponsor, Click Nonprofit, helps your ministry acquire this Google ad grant and then manages your Google ads to ensure you get the most out of the grant. Schedule a free consultation at clicknonprofit.com to learn more about how this grant can help your specific ministry. Mention the Ministry Growth Show when you sign up to get 20% off your first three months of management. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. We've been talking with Christy Johnson from Ocean Programs. So Christy, last time we had you on the show, uh, you had a lot of great insights to offer in the area of partnership. Um, what can big organizations, small organizations, um, learn from 
um, or what can big organizations learn from small organizations and vice versa in the area of partnership and how might we begin working together uh, a lot better in all spaces, for-profit, non-profit, doesn't matter. I think there's a lot of opportunity for partnership. What are some of your insights that you can share in that space? So, so the question is, how can we work together better? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that's a big, um, I think it's a big pain point every leader I know feels is like mm. um, the responsibility for, for your specific scope and this like desire to have a posture of partnership and to be mm -hmm. a good partner. Um, and we probably define that a lot of different ways. Right. Um, with the tension of like, you always have to give something up. Mm. I think. Um, and I just don't, I mean, the, the idealist in me says like, no, you don't have to give anything up to partner. And it's like, that's just not true. Right. <laughs> um, you're either sacrificing like efficiency or um, like finance or hours or, you know, something um, that's, you know, actually I might go back on that statement. <laughs> Now that I think about it, because I think um, some of the tricky things being a, coming from a big organization to a small mm -hmm. organization, um, you know, coming from crew, giant global company organization. Behemoth. Yeah. Yeah. Enterprise in every single way, self-sustaining in every single way, <laughs> um, you know, and it's like partnership is like at your leisure. Mm. Um, if you're coming at partnership from a organization first perspective. And I think what I learned a lot in that work, um, especially across all the different ministries of crew is when our audiences overlap, like if we're truly mission driven and if we're truly making decisions based on the needs of the people that we exist to serve, then partnership becomes essential. Mm -hmm. um, and so we experience that kind of in crew within the different ministries of crew, you know, families, athletics, college, city, stuff like that. Um, and what's tricky being in a much smaller much, much, much smaller organization. I mean, we have four full-time staff here <laughs> is um, there the, the dependency in those relationships is just really different. You know, for us, a lot of our, our missional outcomes like depend on partnerships. Um, we depend on um, partner organizations to use our training so that mm. we have like access to those entrepreneurs. We depend on um, partners to refer people into our high-tech accelerator application pool. We depend um, on granting partners, you know, for a lot of mm -hmm. our annual budget. Um, and that I think is, is just a very real tension that you experience in a smaller organization versus like a, a bigger kind of legacy, really well-established one. Um, so what we did, what we've done here at Ocean actually is look, we've created like this grid that we use to evaluate um, potential partners and um, my colleague, Luke, and I, whenever we're kind of like considering a new partnership, we independently like kind of score potential partners in these different categories. So we look at like alignment, like are our organizations and our end users or our beneficiaries aligned? Are we trying to do the same thing? We look at um, the potential contribution to Ocean's impact measurements. Um, and then we look at the difficulty for us to 
take on whatever kind of scope or partnership, you know, sometimes it's as simple as like co-marketing a different brand, you know, and that's easy. And sometimes it's like, man, this is going to require half an FTE. And can we take that on right now? Um, so the difficulty for our team internally. Um, and then we also look at just like the readiness of both of our organizations to activate on a partnership. Um, mm. And then kind of the last category that we look at is revenue potential for us. Um, and we weight all of those different things and then kind of look at it. And um, that's been really, really helpful for us because um, the the words like, let's partner are so <laughs> almost just like, dime a dozen I think in the ministry world it's like let's partner it's like what do you mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and then you can go around and around trying to find good fits and it's just been helpful for us to have those categories in the front of our mind um and to have um have that like to align our, our own thinking around um so like a fun one that has come up for us this year we have been doing an event series called unpolished um with our friends at faith tech which is another organization um they're based up in um, ontario but they have communities of people who work in christians who work in tech all over the world yeah Um, and so it's like great we have a lot of overlap in our target audiences people in tech a lot tech um, professionals highly entrepreneurial. Um, and then obviously our high tech program, um, is a great match. We are really aligned in our mission. We also have like strategic, um, ways that we can contribute to each other's impact and our strategic plans over the next two to three years. Like we know each other's strategic plans mm-hmm. and we know KPIs for each other and we know by working together, we're going to help each other get to those KPIs. Um, and then our, um, we both are just like really kind of activators, I would say, as organizations. We're not, um, we don't spend like, uh, I don't know how to say this in a negative way. We try stuff, you know, we're willing to like fly a little bit by the seat of our pants and both of our organizations are like comfortable with that. So that was an important alignment for us. Um, Not necessarily that we want to fly by the seat of our pants, but like we're activators. Um, Willing to try things. Willing to try stuff. Um, So that's, that's been a really fun partnership for us um, this year and into next year. And it's like, um, you know, that, that knowledge of each other is just really important, I think. Um, and I think it's, it's easy to, to get wrapped up in our own scope. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, well, at the very least, I think we need to approach, I think that there's this well, even though partnership is a diamond dozen, like you said, it's a term that's thrown around a lot. It's like, okay, what does that actually look like? At the very least, I think we need to have a, a posture of being okay with it and not a posture of competitiveness, right? especially in the ministry space. And I think that maybe that's brought into the ministry sector from the business world. Like, well, we're all competing for the same dollars. And so we need to there's no way we would ever compete because we've got to keep our ministry running at the, at all costs. And, um, that I don't, I don't think that posture is healthy. Now on the flip side, like you said, like that doesn't mean that everybody's going to partner with everybody. That's not realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the very least being open to like this, having a posture of, Hey, this could be an opportunity. Let's at least look at it or be open to it. Right. Yeah. Um, and even in the for-profit space, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know a good example, but like say you're a coffee shop and your purpose is to just give, provide the best cup of coffee or a, or a place for people to have a cup of coffee and do their work. 
if you're mm -hmm. if you're building a coffee shop that has like that, that whatever that starbucks model where we want people in our sh in our coffee shop staying a while um yeah. like if there's another coffee shop in your region that's got that same purpose um there may be opportunity to partner now who knows what that ends up actually looking like but um i don't this competitiveness at all costs it, especially in the ministry world is i think uh i don't know if i would say as strong as a word as destructive but um i don't think it's healthy yeah i think that's fair um one of the things um that i can't remember if we talked about this you know a couple years ago when we last chatted, but, um, we, so in the time that I was at, at crew, <laughs> talking a lot about crew, <laughs> I learned a lot. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we had, would have kind of some of those same conversations around like, well, you don't want to introduce such and such donor to such and such other ministry because then they might stop giving to your ministry. Mm -hmm. And, um, we had so much great information and a wonderful team that like analyzed actual data and what we learned in that data, which is like statistically significant, <laughs> um, that cross penetration of, um, giving always resulted in more giving to both. Mm. So when one ministry introduced a donor to another, and the donor said yes to that second one, the donor also increased their giving to the first. Yeah. Um, so it's like. It's like how, how, how much do you believe in your purpose? Right. This is what it comes down to. How much do I believe in my purpose? Am I, do I believe in my purpose so much that I'm willing for, to allow somebody, a customer or a donor or whatever to go to somebody else, another company, another ministry that, maybe is doing it better than what that than we are or that's usually not the case like the, the case is what you just the example that you just gave in most cases the donor ends up saying i'm just going to give to both and mm -hmm. now that i see you guys working together and being more impactful in your work i'm going to give more right mm -hmm. like how how much do you believe in your purpose and is your purpose clear enough like that's a whole nother messaging discussion but yeah Right. Like, how do you believe in it so much you're willing to say, hey, if there's somebody else doing this better, go to them? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I um, I know there's a lot of really great books and resources on that, but fundraising is such a good um, like character refiner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's probably that's true. Even when I think of. The work I do now, I, I spend most of my time on our earned revenue. Um, and my colleague Luke does a lot of our um, donor relationships. You know, it's that kind of mindset gets really rooted in your heart. If you're talking just about like corporate sponsorships and stuff like that, mm. you know, it's just so easy to get cynical mm -hmm. um, and defensive. And, and um, that is... Yeah, something that that I have had to learn a lot and guard my heart against. And I, I mean, mm. again, I don't know a single nonprofit leader who doesn't struggle with that. Right. Um, which is interesting, you know. Mm hmm But. Yeah. How are you guys working discipleship and disciple making into your programs and the work that you guys do? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Well, I, I, I would answer that a little bit by saying like, we don't, um, we don't profess to be making disciples <laughs> right? Um, in a like classic ministry way. Um, mm -hmm. What we do is help people integrate their faith into their entrepreneurial ventures. Um, and so for people who are Christians, we help them stay, um, anchored in that by mm -hmm. you know, integrating wisdom from scripture, not even necessarily like spiritual wisdom, but just like, okay, well, let's look at 
what does it take to start with a message and grow that into a really big movement? Turns out there's this guy who did that a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's take a look at how he did that, <laughs> you know? And then we look at like Jesus, how Jesus like had his disciples and like in business, you can talk about your hundred raving fans and like focus on your early adopters. Like, and it can start to feel a little bit um, um, uncomfortable for people who aren't comfortable thinking about business that way. I mm-hmm. um, and that is a really, really fun environment to be in with people is to say like, Mm. no, like we're going to like really seamlessly integrate this. Like these, um, these truths that are, um, true of you as a person, true of the people you serve and true of like the world and what God is doing in the world, like that needs to be connected into the day to day of your business. Um, so that is, I, I would say we, uh, we help people be disciples in a specific area of their life Hmm. um, and and express that um, in really practical, tangible ways. Yeah. Um, And then in, uh, for people who aren't Christians, um, like we already talked a little bit about, we've, um, our, our team and our posture there is just really like open. And we say to folks like, hey, just so you know, like we're Christians, this content like has a lot of stuff in it from the Bible. And we also want to like, we're probably going to pray and talk to you. Like, um, like we talk openly about our faith. Um, so we're going to bring our whole selves to this and we want to invite you to bring your whole self to it. Mm. Um, and founders are usually like, okay, cool. You know? <laughs> um, and so then we can have some great conversations and, um, here, I mean, without fail, um, I've never met Christians like this before, <laughs> um, partially because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're in startup culture, there aren't a lot of Christians. Right. Um, and the, um, you know, the cultural story of uh, people of faith is not always like winsome or maybe not even like relevant in that context as right. far as they've been exposed to. Um, and then, um, I think experiencing God's love in our programs is, is life changing. And Mm. we have founders who can name that and founders who don't name that and founders who say like, I feel loved. And we're like, that's great. And we acknowledge like the love that you're feeling like, yes, we love you. We love you because God loves you. And, um, imagine what if your employees felt that same kind of love from you, you know, or what if you're, um, so, so that's kind of how we come at the, at that idea. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily even use the word discipleship, um, just because I know for a lot of ministries and other organizations and churches, like it means some, like some pretty specific, relationships and conversations that are just not part of what we do. But you are taking and teaching, training, equipping in biblical principles. And Mm -hmm. when somebody starts applying those basic spiritual and natural laws to their business and their life, Mm -hmm. there's going to be fruit from that, right? So you have to have seen that. And so do you find that people go, hey, I've never heard of this stuff before. I'm applying these they might not be able to put a name to it, but I'm applying these biblical principles into my life and I'm seeing my life, my business, my personal life and my business life be transformed. What's going on here? Like, do those conversations come out of, of the transformation that's taking place when those biblical principles are applied? Yeah. 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 yeah and we work really um, closely with other organizations, you know, that are hey, partnership. Um, and partnerships um, and have a number of like pastor friends involved in our work and available and always like connecting folks with those more kind of like explicitly discipleship opportunities. Um, And there's even, you know, other marketplace ministries that do that kind of stuff. Um, 
as more of their like core mission. So like C12 is a great one. Um, you know, there's an organization called Faith Driven Entrepreneur and that mm-hmm. they do a lot of discipleship activities for entrepreneurs. Um, and even, uh, you know, Praxis is a really well-known entrepreneurial facing um, organization. And we, we, you know, refer folks on to Praxis, um, which is always fun to see people like continue to grow after yeah. their, their like kind of bit baby business stages with us. Mm, that's cool. Different stages of the funnel. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I can put a marketing term to the disciple making process, <laughs> yeah. I get in trouble for doing that. Um, you talked a lot about um, storytelling throughout our conversation today. What are you guys doing to communicate the stories of how God is moving through your ministry, through your partners, through um, your beneficiaries, your participants? Like what is what does storytelling look like for you? Um, I would say right now, the best story we have right now actually was produced externally. <laughs> um, oh, Seattle, Seattle Pacific University has a institute called Faith and Co. It's like Faith and Company, and they do these like mini documentary series. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ocean was just featured in one of those. Um, so it's like a 15 minute mini documentary, um, which is a, tells our story um, and the story of three of our alumni really, really okay. nice. Um, and um, outside of that, I would say like the big overarching story of Ocean is something that that we've attempted at with things like blogs and social and stuff like that. Um, but it's it's an area where we are trying to um, grow and, and become a little bit more mature in that. Um, because kind of like right now, like I said, like we've kind of over the last year dedicated most of our messaging to entrepreneurs, mm. but like um, getting people engaged in our programs. Mm. Um, and I think we're, I think we'll realize better results on, you know, if you talk about like a, a marketing funnel, I think we'll realize better bottom of funnel conversion with, um, people signing up and registering and participating, um, when we have a, a more, I, I it, not necessarily more compelling, but, a better articulated organizational mm. story. Are you, are you taking the people that have seen success after they've gone through your training and saying, Hey, can you sit in front of a camera or write your story down of what kind of transformation has taken place in your personal life or in your business mm-hmm. and sharing those stories? Or do you find that that is difficult for any reason? No, we do that um, pretty regularly, like with our specifically our donor facing. And I think, it, um, you know, even in this conversation, it's like, well, there's no reason for that to just be donor facing. Um, and then we, you know, use a lot of testimonials as social proof for uh, participants to get them mm. to sign up for stuff. Um, yeah. That's cool. It's awesome. I want to make sure I'm respectful of your time. We're at over an hour here. But if people want to learn more about what you guys are doing at Ocean Programs, uh, if they want to get a hold of you, learn more about what you're doing, how can listeners get a hold of you and stay up to date on your journey? Yeah. Um, where our website is oceanprograms.com. Very straightforward. Um, and we have a nice little newsletter subscribe pop-up on most of our web pages. So if you um, click through that pop-up, you can get on our um, email list. And then um, also on social, all of our handles are at Ocean Program. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Um, we tend to hang out on LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram the most. Um, mm. So that's a great place to find us. And then me, my um, contact card is on our website, on our team page. So that's Perfect. easy. Um, and would love to hear from anybody who's interested in anything we chatted about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, for our listeners, 
like like we said earlier, this is not just for for-profit companies. Like there is benefit for if you're looking to start a new ministry or you're looking to be more effective in your local body church, uh, they can help you out in those spaces too. So thank you, Christy, for being on the show. We really appreciate the time that uh, we've had to talk about what you guys are doing and hear what God's doing through your ministry. Can I pray for you and, and Ocean? That'd be great. Fathers, thank you so much for Christy. Thank you for uh, all the work that they're doing through Ocean, the work that you're doing through this organization and this leadership team. Uh, I pray that you would just continue to go before them, uh, guide and lead them as they train and equip uh, entrepreneurs to um, to be healthier, to run more effective businesses and, and have um, greater kingdom impact in their communities and in their cultures and um, all rooted in the biblical principles that you are, um, that they're teaching through these programs. Lord, uh, thank you for Christy. Thank you for uh, her willingness to say yes to your call. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we love you. Thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Christy, thanks so much for being on the show. Well, we really appreciate it. This is fun. Yeah, thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.